The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. My guests today are James Herman and Julie Gill, who are the co-founders of a new media platform called Caffeine Daily. Uh, as we record it, uh, it's it's eight weeks and one day old. So this thing is very, very fresh. Um, but already I think it's, I don't know, it's, I think it's one of the most interesting and kind of well-conceived new media properties of the year, not without its complexities and our conversation gets into that. But, uh, but certainly like it's just got a coherence and a vision that is lacking in some very well-established media properties, let alone kind of new babies coming into the world. Um, it's very much laser focused on startups, the startup community, which, you know, is obviously a, something that didn't really exist. The term might not have been even understood 20 years ago. Now the startups that were born 20 years ago are the biggest companies in the world and we sort of understand in a very fundamental way that high growth venture capital funded companies with with huge global ambitions a lot of them fail but the ones that succeed end up changing our lives and our realities you know for better or for worse and uh you know, I think that New Zealand has had a number of, you know, a number of the, the sort of iconic New Zealand businesses of the last 20 years, the likes of, of Trade Me, Zero, um, you know, some of which aren't as prominent but are massively successful, like Push Pay. Uh, there, there has been a just a raft of them. And then even when you kind of go layers down, there's, a, there's just a whole community of young companies going into established areas that are trying to do something a little bit different. And honestly, the spinoff is one of those. Like, like let's be real about it. And so, I, you know, I've always been interested in uh, and attracted to that, that business community. But because I am fundamentally, uh, unfortunately, I'm a journalist by training, you know, I tend to try and temper that enthusiasm with a degree of skepticism and and try and keep those things in tension. That's not something that Caffeine Daily is as interested in doing. Um, I'm going to read you a quote from their about page, which I think is instructive about their intention. It says, we are a champion of our community, working to celebrate and uplift our founders of today and inspire our founders of tomorrow. So that is not a news media type sentiment, but they are very you know, open about being from and about the startup community rather than looking at it uh, from, from a certain distance. And I think both James and Julie, you know, I, I press them on this and they get pretty good answers, I, I think pretty coherent answers. The other thing is that it's it's a beautiful website. I recommend you check it out. It's caffeinedaily.co. Uh, so it's it's nicely designed. It's really performative. 
but it also has a, a, a very intelligent sort of sense of how it does become a community. It has a directory of startups that can be broken down into to different areas. So you can kind of, it's, it has the beginnings of, uh, you know, a different kind of function than you would have in a typical uh, sort of more, more news-focused website. It has news as its front page, but it has these other elements behind it too. Uh, it also has job listings. And so you can see that the they have thought hard about where uh, this this thing will, will go. And while it might be that, you know, in its early days, news is, uh, dr- drives a, a, a large share of the traffic, the fact that it has this kind of networking function to it is clearly part of the, the business thinking and, and we sort of get to that. So look, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you have to admire what Previously Unavailable has done. Previously Unavailable, for those who don't know, is James Herman's uh, consultancy startup. It has become a real go-to in terms of how you kind of sharpen the idea, the presentation, uh, the and and you know help with the sort of capital raising side of startups and has ended up being a shareholder in a bunch of them and we explore how how that tension works as well but it's produced you know company you know a company like tracksuit or ideally which have become the sort of the hottest names in in New Zealand startup community lately so they very much know this area and then Julie Gill for her part worked for a long time at NZ Tech has a background in publishing. And so the two of them come into this with a large relationship of trust with that community. Yeah, I think startup, the startup community in New Zealand, I talk about this, I think they can be super thin-skinned. I think they can be sort of almost allergic to criticism or, or scrutiny at times. Uh, and Caffeine Daily is very open about that not being its intention, but I, I think that they make the case for there being different ways that you can tease out the stories which will ultimately help uh, make more companies, make the companies we have more successful. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun fun chat uh, with the pair of them. I think that they've they've done a lot of really smart product thinking with this that that uh, anyone in media could probably stand to think about a little bit more. So, this is James Herman and Julie Gill from Caffeine Daily on the Fold. welcome to the Fold. Thanks, Duncan. Thanks, Duncan. Uh, I was wondering if you could start with just give me the, the the genesis of the idea and the kind of elevator pitch for what Caffeine Daily is. You want to do that or shall I? You go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so Caffeine is a daily content and community platform for the startup ecosystem in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And, uh, and really our kind of mission is to better join up the amazing ecosystem that we've developed in startup over the last 10 years uh, and really bring into the light what's happening in that community, who's doing what uh, and what they're learning importantly so that we can better kind of network the founders and the other members of that that ecosystem and really importantly share what they're learning about how to do the really difficult thing, which is to start and grow and build a really valuable company. 
Yeah, and I think to, to James's point, you know, we we recognise that it's a tough job. It's a tough job and it's a busy job. Um, so we are razor focused on the founders um, and how we can help them connect with each other, um, connect with the ecosystem. Um, and also, um, as James says, you know, that really sharing with them through the storytelling um, learnings on how they, if they're looking to, to start, start out, whether they're looking to grow or whether they're looking to scale internationally. And in terms of its like ownership structure and its relationship to previously unavailable, which is the sort of this thing that seems to sort of quite regularly now birth new uh, businesses out of it. Do you want to talk a little bit about about that piece? Sure. Yeah, it's a joint venture between previously unavailable and Julie. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, I guess we are previously unavailable is really in the business of new things. That's why we're called previously unavailable. We like stuff that didn't exist before. Uh, and so a big part of what we're involved with is the startup community. And a big part of our, I guess, mission is to make that community better and stronger. Um, and so we see something like caffeine as a really important part of that journey, right? And a really important part of our future success and the future success of everyone who's involved in startup and the startup ecosystem in New Zealand. So it's kind of, it's an important, it's it's kind of something that I guess we have a lot of heart for, um, but also makes strategic sense for us to be kind of involved with over time. Do you consider it a, a sort of a media property in the, in the, all of the senses of, of that word or, or, you know, like, because some of what you're doing sounds very much like media and some of it sounds more almost in a an educational kind of space. Yeah, what, where, where does it sit for you? Yeah, I think it's a really good question because I think, you know, what is media nowadays? Like I ask that question a lot on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Still not sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the case. We're in a new world and we're in a new way of doing things. So I think from our perspective, what we recognise is that storytelling is the best way to, you know, to share information um, and also make it interesting and um, you know, useful because, and also for us, for startups, because they are so busy, we've looked at it and say, how can we create content that's actually in their workflow and so that it becomes, you know, useful um, and regular. So that's why I think when James summarised, you know, around us being content, news and a community platform, we are looking at, you know, there is a lot of good stuff going on out there in New Zealand. So we don't want to be reinventing the wheel. We want to partner, you know, where it works. We want to amplify good stuff going on, aggregate and signpost. Um, and then if we can bring in some new ways of, you know, storytelling and thinking, then we're adding that little bit of a sprinkle on top, really. Mm. I think it's, it's it's interesting because we've come together as someone in Julie who's got decades of experience as a publisher, so really understands media, and me who has zero experience in the space whatsoever. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's like I'm really comfortable actually with the ambiguity around what it is. There's a lot of ambiguity, I think, around our, our business previously unavailable. We're quite hard to define and categorize. Um, and I don't mind that as long as we're being useful, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a bit the same with caffeine. If we're being really useful to the community, really useful, particularly to founders, um, then you can call it a media platform or you can call it whatever you want, really. Um, but, uh, but I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's main focus is to be, be really useful. In, in terms of the, you know, there's, there's, you've got one sort of slippery term, which is media in 2023, and another which is startup. Like, you know, how how long do you get to be a start, startup for? And you know, where where does that sort of begin and end in terms of, uh, you know, is it, not all new businesses are startups. You know, like what, mm-hmm. how do you sort of define it for your purposes, and how do you kind of think about the the sort of bounds of what it is you're you're working on or with? Yeah. yeah. 
So we, yeah, I think so. And also, it was probably the first thing that James and I discussed when we came together. The first whiteboarding was, what's the definition of a startup? That's where it probably started. So, yeah, James can yeah. go and I can add a bit. Yeah. it's. I mean, I think a startup is... Uh, um, an, an early stage company that's built around a genuinely innovative or novel new technology or idea um, with a goal to grow very quickly into a large, valuable organization. And, you know, usually companies like that are venture backed, but not always. Uh, usually in the, they're in their first few years, but not always. Um, and, you, uh, and, and they tend to be uh, also founder led. So they're led by a group of people that came up with the idea and are sort of nurturing it and building it through to fruition. So that's generally how we kind of think about it. There's always sort of outliers to that. There are some companies that are startups, but aren't venture backed or they are startups, but something's happened to the founding team. And so they're no longer founder led. And so I guess there's a degree of, um, of, of uh, latitude that we, you know, give ourselves in terms of defining it in very hard terms. But those are the sorts of things, innovative company looking to grow really quickly. Yeah. And also from a, you know, in terms of our target audience, um, you know, we are looking as well at you know, I suppose inspiring the next generation as well. So we are looking at how do we how do we get them to think about becoming a startup and, you know, either not necessarily being the founder, but maybe working for startups as well. So showcasing, you know, what a startup is is like and um and also to Jane's point, you know, in terms of you know, what is that definition? Because, you know, if you're going off internationally, you know, you could be four, five, six, seven, eight years and you're still a startup. So I think it's down to that fact where you're still you're still growing and potentially you're still getting investment. I mean, on some level, and you you kind of alluded to this in, in part about this this idea of things that 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 don't currently exist. A startup can also be read as a critique of the existing environment or or, or uh, reality in a particular space. Like, what what is your take on the you know the existing business media, which tends to cover startups as a subset of what they do? Some have more emphasis on them than others, but obviously for you to believe that caffeine has a, a space to occupy, you've got to think that there are things that they're missing. What 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 is that? Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, we and we do outline this in our manifesto, which is that we believe that a lot of the media is reporting on on the industry, you know, and on companies, um, where I think we, you know, we feel with caffeine that we're reporting like with the with the startup community and and about them and helping them connect with each other or helping them, you know, collaborate um, or learn from each other. Where you know, I suppose currently a lot of the business media is more reporting on the industry. And and part of that, you know, the business media would say, and, and media news media more broadly would say, is that distance is important, that they would say that it allows them to report without fear or favour, to hold power to account, all of those kind of uh, sort of bedrock assumptions. You know, I think that the the design and the, the look, the feel, the, the concept of, of Caffeine Daily is very compelling, but it does feel very close to the community, almost to the point where will will all those lessons be able to be teased out if you're sort of so close that you, that these personal relationships might require saying something that someone mm. kind of yeah. finds a bit yeah. uh, you know, difficult to yeah. hear. Yeah, I think it's a good question. And I think that was, you know, definitely part of our goal and our mission was to bring on what we what we deem is probably one of the, you know, most esteemed editorial business 
people in New Zealand, which is Fiona Rotheron, because I think bringing on, you know, an, a fantastic editorial team that understands, you know, how to write that absolute independent um, content. And I think that was, you know, that was that was key in there. And we've already seen, Duncan, already, you know, people have been very open with us. Um, you know, the, the stories that we're writing, you know, it's raw, it's out there, it's real. Um, and I think that, you know, absolutely, it is about, you know, it's not, you know, it's not always roses in, in the startup world and it is a tough place. So I think that, you know, the stories to date have been very open and, you know, and very real. I mean, we saw just this week with, uh, you know, I think the last time I saw you, James, was at the um, Ice House Ventures Capital Raise. We saw Supi on stage mm. trying to raise and this week we, we saw a pretty dramatic collapse. You know, what... How will you approach a, a story like that? And, you know, you it's the kind of thing where you, because of your networks, you might well get wind of that coming ahead mm. of time. Would you break that story? Like, how do you deal with some, someone who's been a real shining light, mm. taking on absolute, like, probably next to banking, one of yeah. the hardest sectors in yeah. the country, yeah. and it falls apart? You yeah. know, yeah. How, how does, like, that, that versus the... The, that that sort of champion of the community, celebrate and uplift. How how do you mm. deal with an event like that? Well, it's a. I mean, this is a one of the most important strands of what caffeine is trying to do is uh, is about how we approach failure, right? So, I mean, firstly, I'd start by just acknowledging Sarah and her team, and she did. Uh, she was brave enough to take on you know the duopoly. Um, she was brave enough to put a lot personally at stake to do that. And she made really amazing ground in the time that, that, that Supi um, existed. And, and the, the value of what she did was that we are now many steps closer to understanding how in future we can take on that duopoly and we can make things fairer for New Zealanders in the grocery sector. Um, and the way that we need to view Sarah is is by saying we've now got this amazingly valuable, experienced person that we need to absolutely wrap our arms around and uh, and invite back into the industry as soon as she's ready to help others kind of take those next steps. Um, with caffeine, that you know the. The difference between our reporting on Supi and, say, the New Zealand Herald's reporting on Supi is going back to what Julie was saying. The New Zealand Herald is reporting to the public, right? So they are beholden to to um, to to uh, inform the public about what's going on. Our audience is founders, right? And so the question that we're asking is, what's important to them? Um, what do they need to know to build better companies more quickly, right? Uh, and so our kind of, you know, we, we would publish on something like Supi if it was in the interests of founders and they need there's something that they could learn from it. Um, now, right now, it's not in the interests of founders. They already know what's happened to Supi. That's been widely reported. When we come back around and we say, what can we learn from this? What has Sarah learned from this? What have others in the business learned from this? That can be instructive to other founders. That is the kind of value that we'd be trying to extract. Um, and so to make sure that, you know, both that our our our, our um, community of founders learn from what Sarah learned, um, but also so that we begin to change our relationship with failure so that it's seen as a really important stepping tone to success and something which should be valued in that way. Is that, 
It's funny, right? Because the, the, within startups, that's almost like gospel, this idea that failure should, needs to be recategorized almost to the point sometimes I feel like it's celebrated as an as something unto itself <laughs> rather than, well, actually, it's really the opposite of what you set out to, to do. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, I've, I've written a little bit about the startup community mm. over the years and certain people, well, there's a whole spectrum of people within it. I'm not suggesting you sit at one end of that or, or the other, but there can be a sense that it is very thin-skinned and it finds scrutiny or criticism or the idea of anyone being anything but an enthusiastic cheerleader for it. Um, they, they don't, you know, it's almost like a a, a distance or, or, or a complete lack of understanding of what the function of media is. You know, do, like, are you deliberately in that sort of that, that champion space or, or, or do you think that there is sometimes something to be gained from a kind of a, a more skeptical scrutiny of you know whether it's the the motives of venture capitalist or you know whether this idea really was tested fully before it got up and tried to run you know like I guess that I, I'm really curious about how you manage that that space it's a really interesting question because if we if we applied the same level of um and i don't want to say scrutiny because what what you what you mean was this idea tested well enough so if if we applied the same level of process to a startup as we do to a traditional organization we would almost never create any startups right and so there's a you know a startup is all about finding a way to solve a problem in a, in a completely new way that hasn't been proven before whereas if you're starting a traditional business there's usually some kind of playbook or there are people to learn from there's due diligence to be done about how you might run that business and startup it's really different you're figuring it out as you go along and the reality is if we're going to break new ground if we're going to discover new ways of doing things if we're going to create new value it's really impossible to predict that and sort of follow an a step-by-step best practice process to kind of get there. And so I think um, should those questions be asked, absolutely they should be asked, but within the understanding that we're reliant on people to put an awful lot at stake personally, as these founders do, or put that on the line in the interests of moving us all forward a little bit. So I think it's fair to judge it slightly differently than traditional business where there is that playbook and it and they should be accountable to sort of tradition or or best practice in a in a different sort of a way. So I think we you know going back to your question are we sort of at that end of sort of celebrating and championing I mean yes we are because again our audience is founders and we're there to kind of help them by sharing the knowledge of the community as opposed to holding them to account in the interests of the general public that's for others to do they should be doing that that's all good um but I think sometimes they should also be doing that with a sense of empathy for just how much a founder puts on the line yeah, and I think to James's point, you know, we definitely, and you know, if you've had a chance to read some of the some of the stories, we definitely have had people really open up about, you know, where they feel they did make mistakes or roads they would have gone down differently, and and I think that is that we do hope we can create that safe space that they can open because we do want them to open up because the only way everybody else is going to learn is people are really open about, 
you know, what they feel they may have made done differently. Um, I mean, we've already started conversations about a series with like, you know, with with second it's second founders, um, you know, so some, you know, companies now are like going in and so what would they do differently? And I think that's also a really interesting space as well because they are some of these companies they've done really well, some of them they didn't, and there's a real interesting mix in there of, you know, and I think those type of things are really, really key um, for the for the audience. Do you feel like we're thin-skinned? Yeah. Uh, no, I do think that the startup community is incredibly thin-skinned. Yeah, I, um, you know, I remember, and this is obviously a, a tense and charged topic, but I remember in the aftermath of um, Jake Miller's death, it was an awful thing to, to happen, but there was there was a lot of energy, negative energy directed towards the media as if it was somehow culpable in it, and and it was there was this sort of idea that uh, that scrutiny or anything, but uh, enthusiastic um, championing was somehow a betrayal or a misunderstanding of what startups do. Whereas, you know, I'm a founder myself and I really believe in uh, the, you know, I think that most of my favorite or, or the, the, the New Zealand companies I find most inspiring and interesting have come, have been startups. Um, but I also think that the idea that a particular business community should be immune from the kind of criticism that is regularly applied to corporates. Obviously, I, I, I totally agree with what you said about that there should be a different kind of a standard, but I think that actually it would really benefit uh, the startup community if it was more comfortable having the same kind of scrutiny applied because it ultimately makes you better, I think. Yeah. Uh, even if, you know a certain story coming out at a particular time within a raise might be inconvenient. Like ultimately, is the information correct? That's the same. That's the measure that uh, yeah. media has to apply. I think, yeah, I think the other thing is like in the case of Jake and and Sarah as well, I think you're, um, or we are dealing with people who are pretty young, right? Um, I think when the business media approaches business in a conventional sense, you're probably dealing with a pretty um, experienced CEO um, and uh, and a pretty experienced board um, in a traditional business where those people absolutely should know what they're doing. Um, and they're invested in by people who are making pretty low risk investments, right, that they expect to return from. Uh, and so holding those people accountable, um, I think, is uh, is what am I trying to say? The startup founders should be held accountable in a slightly different way because investors go into those businesses knowing they're extremely high risk, right? So they're taking a punt. Um, and those people are often very young people who are trying to find the path forward as opposed to people who ought to know how to do this and and uh, and and follow kind of best practice in doing that. So I think the, yeah, the standard does need to be a little bit different, although I do agree with you that it's useful to have eyes looking in on those businesses and and asking are they doing what they ought to be doing or should they have done things different or differently or those sorts of things and so so i guess we're agreeing on the main point yeah look I, and, and I, I i i totally take your point there I, I i think i look at a company like crimson for example which has you know is considered a real shining light has a very young founder also has a board and and an investor set which is you know made up of some very experienced people and you know, that company has been around quite a long time now, but still at times can feel like it resents or views as hostile what are fairly routine uh, lines of inquiry, especially given that 
yes, it's a young company, but it's also acquired a lot of established companies that have been incorporated into it. But I, I, I think that but I basically sort of tend to agree that you've made, you've made your point pretty well. It's a, it's a matter of figuring out where, where, at what point it opens up to a next round of criticism. But I've got to say, Fiona Rotherham is an extraordinary hire, um, one of the best business journalists in the country. And if you're ever going to have someone well-placed to navigate yeah. the, that, that sort of slightly tricky um, those tricky waters, I, I would really back her to do it. And I think even just as a marker about your intention, you could have hired a lot of different people, yeah. but you hired her. Yeah. Um, so we'll have one more tricky question. <laughs> no, really. these are great. That's right. I'm like, we're probably, I sort of feel like we'd love to sit all day and actually chat Yeah, that's good. Apply scrutiny, yeah, please, yeah. Duncan. Uh, well, I mean, but because there's a lot that I think is just so clever and interesting about the way you set this up, and I want to dig into that. But the, the last sort of tricky one I want to get into is the relationship with Previously Unavailable. Because you're a consultancy, because you are as a company, as I understand it, a shareholder in a number of different startups, uh, have a relationship with a, with a bunch more. How do you handle the church-state sort of separation of not appearing to or, or sort of almost accidentally favouring companies with which you have a relationship on a platform that, if it is to be successful, has to be as, as neutral as it can? Notwithstanding the fact that it's very hard to do that, even at hyperscale you yeah. know New York yeah. Times doesn't report as well on itself as it does on the Washington Post yeah do you want me to go or you go, go? On. well it's the well I suppose it's the previous I mean the previous question well, no no but I, but I think you know yeah. I'm probably more curious about how, yeah. how you handle it yeah. James James might be champing at the bit to get his, <laughs> yeah. his ministers in there someone's yeah. got to hold the line yeah yeah well I think I think there's probably there's probably three areas for me I think the first area was that for for me with James and previously that we were we jointly had the same passion for, for this. We saw the gap in the market, but we also didn't go into this for the short term. Um, you know, as James said, I've been around in publishing for a long time. Um, and we both looked at this as like a real long-term play. We said, how do, how, how do we build a brand that's around in 20 years' time um, and a brand that the next generation kind of grow up, you know, connecting to? Um, and also we looked at this knowing the type of... Um, landscape you know you know that we we were almost sort of saying okay well how do we ensure that it's also has that neutral ground and i think that's why the hire was someone like fiona and i've worked with fiona for you know seven or eight years and i know that church and state as well and that's the bit that where we work really really well together um and i think that was the key thing when we talked about this we were this business will be absolutely you know separate to anything however it's brilliant that previously are in that network, understand what's going on and have great companies and great, great connections and also can support, um, you know, support the business through understanding what's going on in the ecosystem. So for us, it was a, it was a beautiful pairing really. Mm. And I think it's a really, like, it's a really fair question, right? Does, do we have as previously any influence over uh, caffeine? And, um, and I guess I'm learning as someone who is new to this, um, sort of how to navigate that in the best possible way. Um, I think, you know, what what I've definitely learned about Fiona is she's um, not at all afraid to say no to anyone uh, around her, um, no matter how, uh, no matter how influential, um, which is a really good thing and is one of the reasons that we, we put her in that role. Um, and also, I mean, for, for us, the, you know, really the, from a PR perspective, the companies that we're involved with, you know, the caffeine is not the, the sort of the thing that's going to really fuel them. Right. Um, 
a better ecosystem here in New Zealand, absolutely is. Uh, and so it's my kind of firm belief that if we improve the quality of the ecosystem and the connections within it and the knowledge sharing across it, our companies will do well. Um, everyone else's companies will do well. The country will do well. And the companies that we are invested in and support will do better than if we were to favour them on caffeine, which would, to be honest, not get them any, uh, particularly further than, than, than where they would otherwise. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Let's switch tack to talk about the sort of underlying business model uh, of caffeine. What, what's the, what are the kind of core current, current and sort of imagined revenue streams for it. Yeah. So I think for us at the moment, you know, we've, we're have we obviously, you know, believe it or not, eight weeks in the market <laughs> as of yesterday. Um, and so from our perspective, we know there's going to be opportunities for multi-platform um, commercial models, you know, around, you know, whether it's events and podcasts, et cetera. So the content is obviously what will kind of wrap the commercial side around. But currently it's pretty much sponsorship, um, you know, advertising um, and, and events. And also, you know, as media partners, so people are obviously partnering with us for us to be their media partner to promote their events and write some stories, etc. So it's pretty, we've started off really just pretty straightforward at the moment, um, you know, and we've been very much open to ideas, which has been great, actually, because people have come along with really, really good idea. We have made it pretty clear from day one that the editorial is, is independent. Um, and if there is going to be like a podcast series or a story series, it would be very clearly defined, you know, brought to you by. Um, but yeah, people are coming up with really, really good ideas. And of course, you know, it's not just about the stories in caffeine. We've got the, the entire ecosystem directory, which is, you know, is a really equal part of this. The stories is obviously the part of the engaging and the learning, but we also want to be able to do all the signposting. Um, and that includes then, you know, bringing in the entire ecosystem, um, you know, around caffeine. So at the presently, you know, we've got the sort of job listing, you know, um, you know, I suppose reaching out. Um, we've got the, all the, the events listing on there and we've now got, you know, the startups starting to put their profiles on. We've got investors and service providers. So, you know, there's revenue models around that as well in terms of people. So, um, one, one, one really important part of it so far has been like how passionate others in the ecosystem have been and have come forward and supported us financially and, and also in other ways because they they share that belief that this is a really important part of New Zealand's future, right? They share the belief that in the future we we need to, a part of our economy needs to be technology companies and other idea-led novel innovation companies that can uh, that can grow and export globally and bring value back to New Zealand. So, so there are lots of people who, you know, they understand that future and they understand what's in it for them and they've come to us and provided support because because of that. Um, and of course, we need them to continue to do that and for others to do that. And uh, and so I don't know if it's okay to encourage anyone out there who, <laughs> who kind of believes in this mission like we do, because we, we, we certainly, you know, as you know, it costs money to do these things and, and, um, and, and any support that we can get is gratefully 
Yeah, received. and I think the way we've structured it as a, as a model at the moment, we've got the five sections. So we've got your talent, you've got your resource, you've got your investment and you've got your connect. And so in there, you know, we've got a very wide reaching, you know, community who, who really want to support us and sort of see see this information come to light. Um, as James said, you know, yeah, it's been, we've been absolutely blown away because we spent three months in the market before we launched and it was amazing, you know, to to push through an open door, which is pretty rare nowadays. And in my past experience, I never had before. So it's been, yeah, it's been, you know, a very nice experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I do want to get to, to how the sort of communities received it. But before then, can you drill in a bit? Because one of the things that I think is most interesting and, and clever about the way that you've launched is that it news is a com- and and story storytelling is a component of what you're doing but it's not the whole of what the the platform provides and you know if you think about what the historical uh yeah revenue models of newspapers were classifieds were were a huge part of it before trade me arrived but um but that that sort of jobs events directory you know you've got elements of a sort of a white pages kind of, or a yellow pages, sorry, uh, you know, 2.0 thing there. You've got a bit of seek, you know, that there are, there is an understanding that when you're thinking about what this thing can be, that it, that it can have these, these extra components, you know, just talk, talk me through maybe in a bit more detail about, both about what the the sort of the function of those elements is and about how those might ultimately become sort of revenue streams unto themselves if you at least if you have that uh, sort of vision, figured yeah. out yeah i mean i think <clears throat> to be honest when we started um and again as to say because we really went out to the whole ecosystem you know not just uh, not just the startup ecosystem. We talked to all the government agencies. We talked to many corporates, a lot of the service providers, um, angels, etc. In terms of what everybody, how they were trying to connect with the startup ecosystem. But I think primary, we always just keep going back to what are what are the startups want from caffeine. So from our perspective, we've we've definitely held our power to dry on what we kind of come out with because we wanted to be at least sort of two or three months out in the market, you know. And our plan is that really once a month we want to get startups into into the office and really constantly talk about what they want and develop it for them. Um, but what we definitely are hearing is that if we can become that aggregator, um, you know, so that it's because right now it's really hard to navigate up and down the country if you're mm. a founder trying to find things. There's regional, you know, um, components going on. There's national. There's lots of people doing lots of things. So I think we we recognise that we can be that aggregator um, and bring everyone together, but we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Um, and so we have been talking to, you know, lots of, you know, parties about how we do that. And that's probably around those three areas. That's around the whole talent space. That's around, um, you know, service providers and that's around investment. So I think for us, it's about collaboration. And with that becomes, um, you know, becomes a commercial model. Could, could you, for example, you know, there are, you know, once you have a, have an audience that is kind of very specific, like like the one that you're, you're gathering and seeking, is, you know, like could, could capital raises happen on your platform? Like, like how, how... Mm vertically integrated do you want do you want to go and at what point does it start to go from we are a champion to we are competing with uh elements of of 
the the people that we're relating mm. to. Now you're giving us ideas. Well, we have. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it in a more of a collaborative way with the investing community, not as a competitor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, that's a really interesting concept because you run a capital raise through Caffeine's platform and the answer is probably yes, but, but would it be as good as the process is um, when it's being run through, you know, a, a venture capital firm as the lead investor. I mean, I'm I guess sure. like the reason I ask is because a lot of the hard work of capital raisers, at least as I've watched them happen, is it's about telling the right people the, the right story about, you know, and, and, you know, it's basically an information distribution problem yeah. Yeah. in a lot of yeah. ways. And you are, if successful, going to solve yeah. elements of, of that. So it sort of lends itself to a lot of different adjacencies, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, that's really, yeah, that's a really interesting thing, which I think we'll take away and think a little bit more about. But um, I think at the moment, because we've just been so focused on how do we do take this first step, right? And how do we produce content that's useful and valuable? How do we start to learn about this as a as an audience and a media platform? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're so focused on that that we're not thinking too far ahead in terms of what it might become in future. Um, certainly the functionality that's on there at the moment comes from that place of saying what's going to be most useful to founders. So, you know, what do founders need? Well, they need um, staff, right? They're always growing and always employing. So, so jobs boards need to be a part of what we're um, what we're doing. What do they need? They need funding, and so connections into that community are kind of important. And an understanding of how to interface with those investors and tell their story in the right way is important. And so those sort of other aspects of of caffeine beyond the content are again just come from that place of what the founders need and how do we kind of put that around them as and make it as easy as possible for them. This, this, you know, previously is on a bit of a tear with it, um, with the sort of startups at its birth, you know, tracksuit, and ideally. Now, caffeine, now, the, the previous two, they obviously have very large aspirations that are kind of baked into them. Caffeine Daily is very much about, you know, as, as you said at the top, uh, Aotearoa's startup community. It also has a .co domain name. Like, is this kind of intentionally kind of, a, a sort of sat alongside the startup community or is it a startup to, unto itself that you can imagine growing, scaling, potentially uh, porting into different uh, areas? Like what, what, what's what's the big dream out of it? I think for us at the moment, we just feel there's quite a big job to be done in New Zealand. Um, and I think even, you know, just from in the last six months, because like, you know, this is a genome report's been out, the Startup Council has been all this kind of like view and there is such a job to do to connect our own ecosystem, um, you know, and also connect it internationally. Um, I mean, you know, I don't think either of us would deny that, you know, if we thought there was opportunities to develop this internationally, we're not not going to look at it. But I'd say right now for us, we feel there's a there's a big job to be done here in New Zealand, which is going to take us quite a few years. And But we're always, I imagine, be interested in James' view on that. But Yeah, I mean, uh, we're... Where our heart is, I think, is yeah. New Zealand, you know, and and where, you know, what I, I guess we want the legacy of caffeine to be is that it, it really helped New Zealand become the best in the world at, at creating and scaling really valuable innovative companies. 
And the difference between, uh, say, Traxu or Ideally or AF Drinks or these other companies that we've been involved with, um, they, they, there's a very clear intention in those businesses to grow them as, as fast as possible, as big as possible, and, and sell them, right? That's, that's absolutely the tra- trajectory that those businesses are on and have been on since day one. And that's very clear and really transparent. Caffeine, not at all. So there's no sort of plan to grow it as big as possible, as fast as possible, and then sell it on. That's not that's not the mission of this company. And as a joint venture partner, we don't look at it in the same way as we look at ideally or tracks it. It's a really different thesis, right? And it is much more about, it's much more of a long-term play for us. And it's much more about, as I said before, kind of creating an environment in New Zealand in which those companies like Tracksuit and ideally an AF grow even better than they already are. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely view it very differently. Um, equally important, but a really different kind of business. And I think that's the same. And, you know, and that's to add really, I think for me and Fiona, you know, <clears throat> Fiona is so passionate about this space. And for her, this is just such an exciting opportunity for this, you know, stage of her career. Same with myself, that we see this as this long-term play. And that's definitely, like I say, was the the pairing with myself and James um, on how we can grow this and, you know, do an amazing job for New Zealand. Um, yeah. And so very excited about where, where it could, where it could go. Well, Eight weeks old, and yeah. uh, honestly, it's, it's so impressive. We haven't even talked about like the the design and the actual wiring of the platform because it's a very it's a beautiful product unto itself as well. Um, well thanks, thank you. But I feel like you know when something's eight weeks old, it needs a lot of attention. I'm sorry for drawing you away from it for <laughs> now, but I really appreciate your time and congratulations and good luck. Brilliant, thanks. Thanks, thanks so Duncan. much, Duncan. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e te iwi, te ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.